Good afternoon. Wilkinson here. Today, my guest is Edris Cordova. He's an Airbnb guest at my house this weekend. Hi, my name is Edras, and I'm happy to be here and have a good conversation and, and learn from our conversations. Well, we'll both learn from it. Yes. Okay, so uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Just whatever you want. Start with some of your history. <laughs> so my history is that, let's see, I was born in Northern California, but I was born into a family of Jehovah's Witnesses, and I'm actually third generation of Jehovah's Witnesses. Well, I'm no longer Jehovah's Witness anymore, but I did grow up um, in the Jehovah's Witness world um, until I was like 25. After that, starting to be more in touch with my sexuality, and I started to explore more of my sexuality. I started to be more comfortable being who I am and being being gay. Being gay and Jehovah's Witness role don't really line up. Um, no, what a surprise! Made a eternal conflict, very yeah, eternal conflict, and I had so many issues trying not to be gay because of the shame of Jehovah's Witnesses' viewpoint views on on homosexuality. After I was able to come out and I was able to live my life and be a happy gay man. I got to to reach to that point to be yeah to be at peace with my sexuality. How old were you when you discovered that you're or you realized oh, I was that you're like gay? 12, 12 years old. Okay. I started to yeah, and it, it started with movies. Every time I see a movie scene or I saw a man half naked or whatever, I would get turned on and and it wouldn't happen with women. And I thought, oh, it must be a phase. It's going to go away. It's not, you know, maybe that's just in my teens. Right. But after, it's just like the, the feelings got stronger and stronger, my attraction for men. But then again, at that time, I loved being a Jehovah's Witness. I loved the community. I loved that my family was in it. I loved that my brother and sisters were were in it. And I, and, and I was happy being a Jehovah's Witness. But... The conflict of my sexuality just, it didn't line up with them. Did you have a point where you would say you had, you came out or not? No, I was too scared to come out. So you out. never, you never really had a coming out thing? Not really. Not until, not until my brother passed away. That's when I finally came out on social media and everything else because I was hiding it. What triggered that? Well, my brother last year took his life in, in May uh, 16. And, um, was and that in 2021? That was in 2021. Yeah. yeah okay. Last year. All right. And, um, the reason he took his life is because he was exactly like me. He was gay, but had a family. He was married, had two beautiful children. And his wife is a beautiful, beautiful person. And I love them. I loved his family, but they're very strict on Jehovah's Witness doctrine. After he took his life, that's what something sparked in me, saying that I can't hide anymore who I am. I can't be ashamed of my sexuality because if I'm ashamed, I might just, I could have done the same, I could have followed the same path as my brother. Right. So what I learned about my, my brother's death is that we're all going to die soon and that we need to live our lives now. We need to really be genuine with who we are. And it hurts me because my brother was not genuine with himself. Mm. And he hated gay people. He hated every time he talked about homosexuality, it would scare me because the stuff that he would say about homosexuality and I was one too. And I, I 
growing up with my brother, I kind of knew he was as well, but I could have never say it or mention it until now. Well, how are you certain that he was gay? And that's why he, why he committed suicide. I mean, what, fill in some blanks here. Oh, so the blanks, um, growing up with him, I saw when he had crushes with best friends, with, with guys. Right. Um, not only that, but I remember growing up that he did fall in love with the guy. Um, we were teenagers and that was his first love. And I could see it like you just could see it. And not only that, but I mean, his eyes would always go more to the guys and girls. How do I definitely know that he was he was gay? Because my sister, two weeks before um, he committed suicide, my sister told me, oh, Sadrak said, that's my brother's name, said either he kills himself or lives his gay life. And I told my sister, well, if he lives his gay life, no matter what, he'll always be a father to those children. And no matter how they put it or whatever, that's their father. But in reality, I think if my brother would have lived his gay life, he most likely would have lost his children because his children are very devoured Jehovah's Witnesses as well. And his wife and my whole family, his whole community, he would have lost it. Mm. So I think that's why he committed suicide. He would rather be dead than lose his kids. And mm. that's that's very hurtful um, to say it now that I'm saying it. Right. But um, I, I wish he would have lived his gay life. I would have been a big mm. supporter of him. But again, he hated me for me living my gay life. And it's not that he hated me. I now understand that it was self-hatred that mm. he had. Um, it was nothing against, you know, me, but... Uh, so from that reason, so that's my experience um, with um, with the religion being gay, and what happened to my brother is something that I will not want happen again. I don't mm. want that to happen again with anybody, even my family or my nephews. Right? Because what I'm so scared and I'm super scared about this is that one of my nephews or nieces will turn out to be lesbian or gay, and it's going to follow the same path as my brother. And mm. that's what I'm so afraid of. So I'm trying to live my life very free, live my gay life. And I want them to see how happy and complete I am as a person. And hopefully they'll see that. Right. Um, well, how did experience. all that play out with his family? Did did they know that's why he committed suicide? Or? Yes. No, they, they, they knew. They knew. They knew that that's why he committed suicide. I mean, if my sister told me, Two weeks before that, he was saying that. He's told that to my sisters. Either, either I kill myself or live my gay life. Do you think he was testing the waters with them? I'm just... No, just, because it wasn't his first time. It, he's saying I'm gay to them. Uh-huh. And I'm going to kill myself or live my gay life. So he's like testing what the response would be to that. And what what, what do you know what, this, what the sister's response was to him when when he told her that? I, I don't know what the response. I was not there, um, but I could speculate. Right. And I think they would have said, oh, well, you got to choose Jehovah, your God first. Right. And so that backed him into a corner, basically. Pretty much. Because he and, couldn't deny who he was. Yes, exactly. And the older he got, I feel like it was just coming out more and more and more. I felt right. like he was just, his feelings got stronger. And I know that he loved Jehovah. He loved his God. He loved, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I do believe that. But the eternal conflict that he had, loving God and, and then being gay is, 
a horrible conflict that every gay man goes through, especially if you grew up in a in a, right. in a culty religious right. way. Well, and many of my guests on this podcast, the gay men, so many of them have spiritual or religious church mm-hmm. backgrounds. I mean, yeah. it's just it's almost a common theme. Yes, and something else you mentioned, which is a common theme, is becoming you know being authentic or being real because you come to a point where you have to. I mean, something's going to pop if you don't be real. That's, and I would see my brother struggle a lot with that. I would see him, he was like angry all the time. He was not angry all the time. He was a funny man. He was, he liked to joke around. He had best jokes. He was more social than I am. And he had a really beautiful personality too. But he also had a lot of rage in him. A lot of like some anger issues. Right. If he would lose his keys or God forbid something's going on with his financial situation he would like start screaming and start kicking stuff down he would like put holes on the wall all that was because he was struggling with his sexuality right and not only that but i mean he even got married and had two kids two beautiful kids you know and and i feel like yeah he kind of cornered himself he digged his own hole and made it worse and worse but right. because he really thought that god would change him he exactly. really believed that Jehovah would change him. Oh, that, that's a common theme as well. Yeah, yeah, but at 42 years old, it's like, oh, okay, I'm 42 and I'm not changing. I'm still have these really repressed feelings. Right. And only that, but what hurts me the most is that he was never able to love a man. Mm. And when you love someone, like I love my husband, my God, it's such a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful, I don't know, it's just, it's peaceful, it's... um. I don't know, it just makes me, you know, I wish she would have had that happiness. Right. I wish she would have able to love someone like I love my husband and lived his gay life. And who cares what our community says? Who cares what the Joe's Witnesses say? Who cares what people say about you? I mean, just, you really got to live your life and live your truth. Right. I know it's very cliche to say live your truth, but if you don't, the result would be what happened to my brother. Where were you when you heard that he had died? I was, I just got back from Hawaii. I had a fantastic trip in Hawaii with my, with my husband. And after we got back, my sister calls me and she's a, she says, Edras, I need to tell you something. I'm like, well, what happened? Sadra committed suicide. He's gone. Mm. And I knew. Was that right after it happened or did she wait while you no, were gone? No, no, no. He, he took his life like around four o'clock in the morning. And then she called me like around 9 a.m. Okay. Yeah. And when she called me, she's all, okay. And I told her, okay. Uh, I told my sister right there, I'll be with you guys. I'm going to drive to San Diego and be with you guys because this is like harsh. And you know what my sister said? What? She said, no, because of your lifestyle. We, I don't think we don't, we want you here. After wow. she told me that my brother passed away. After she just told me that my, he committed suicide. And then she said, she, they don't want me around. Right. That's when I'm like, oh, this is exactly why my brother said I killed himself. This is exactly because you guys didn't give him a choice. And that's, yeah, so that's why I found out. Now, is this out. the same sister that told you No, it's a different, sister. different sister. It's a okay. different sister. The other okay. sister, she actually welcomed me and my husband to her house for my brother's funeral. And okay. she's, I don't agree with you. That's your life. But for now, this is hard on all of us. And I want you to be here at the funeral. And the speech, and it, the speech was about Jehovah's Witnesses, and it was about like that my brother's gonna go to paradise. 
you know, after Armageddon comes and destroys all the wicked ones and he will be resurrected and his life is guaranteed. So, and the whole speech for 45 minutes or an hour was about the religion. They didn't even talk about my brother, man. So it was a sermon. Yeah, pretty much. But they didn't, they did talk a little bit about my brother, about, you know, who he was, but the whole time it was more about Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs and not so much about my brother. And I didn't notice that until like a few weeks later, like it hit me like a light bulb. I just turned on like, wait, they didn't even talk about my brother that much. They took more. Yeah. They talked more about the beliefs. And that's, you know, for me, that's like a way of brainwashing. Cause that's all they talk about. It's all they talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About paradise and about that's the end is coming. And it's the, it's the same thing that I've heard since I was a little kid and it hasn't changed. So that's why I'm here to talk about this because Every time I talk about it, yes, it's my heart hurts, but in a way, um, it's also therapeutic to talk about it because I do feel better once I talk about this. Mm-hmm. I do feel now that this happened, um, and I know the reasons why he killed himself. Even though it's harsh, I I do have I do have peace. Mm-hmm. I do have peace of mind because I would hate someone to live a fake life. I would hate someone to live a life that's not you. And this is why I like to talk about my brother. Because I want people to know that there is a way out. There is a way out from Jehovah's Witnesses. There is there is hope. Like me. Like I took a different path than my brother. And I'm just so happy I took this path. I'm so happy that I, I was able to live my gay life. Because for a minute there, I thought I was never going to be able to fall in love with anybody. Or right. I was never going to fall in love with the man because I was going to be a Jehovah's Witnesses my whole life until Armageddon comes. Right. So were your were your parents alive when your brother died? No, and I'm happy. They had already I'm died. I'm sorry. I'm happy that okay. they were not. I don't think my mom or my dad would have been able to to deal with this. There's no mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are you with your, your family now? Uh, we don't talk. You don't? There's so only they, one sister. They basically cut you off? Yeah. After my brother's funeral, I never saw them again. I did see them in a, at a party where I was invited. And then I was disinvited because my one of my older sisters didn't want me, doesn't want to see me, doesn't want to see me at all. So he told her sons are not Jehovah's Witnesses that others invite me or invite her. Obviously, my nephews are in the pick the mom. So now other family events, I'm not invited anymore because hmm. my sisters don't even want to see me. So did you go to the party? I did go to the party. And she didn't go to the party? No. Well, the first party, yes. I Maybe I'm not explaining myself, right? But the first party, she was not aware that I was going. Okay. And twice so you were up. just there. Yeah, yeah. And I could okay. feel the energy. I could feel the vibe like, oh, I don't feel like they want me around. You just, you know, you could just feel it. And then uh, one of my nephews graduated from... Um, high school and his mom in a very loving message she's all hey i'm so sorry but we can't we know this is really bad and horrible and through her text message i could feel her her heart was like hurting by telling me this right but she said your sister doesn't want doesn't want you to be invited to none of our gatherings um, we know well, it's, why, it's messed up i'm always interested is. in family dynamics why does is this one sir the one sister is calling the shots then basically or what? Well, yeah. Cause she is the uh, oldest sister and she is, um, her kids, uh, uh-huh. sons are non Joe's witness. 
she is, but they're not. So that's why I still have connection with these nephews. Or so I still you, you talk them. to them? I still talk to them because they're non those okay. witnesses. The w- nephews are Joe's witnesses. I don't talk to. Okay. Uh, and you said you started to say there's one sister you've talked to a little bit. There is one. And is that's she a the twin one sister. that invited you to she's let the, you stay? Yeah. And she invited me back to go to Hollister to stay with her. And she's a, I, she's not Joe's witnesses. She's not a Joe's witness. Um, she also left the, she left the, the cult because her kids weren't Joe's witnesses either. They didn't like to, they were, they weren't, they just weren't interested in being Joe's witnesses. So she said, okay, well, my kids leave the Joe's witnesses. I'm going to choose my kids over anything. Jeep so in, I'm, I don't know how the whole thing works. So if her kids left, mm-hmm. would the other people in the, as you called it, a cult, mm-hmm. uh, would they say, okay, you have to cut them off then? They would want her to not talk to no, them? No, because the dynamic is their kids never got baptized and the Joe's witnesses. Okay. So for that, they can still talk to them. Once you get baptized, like I got baptized. Um, so you're in and I'm in 100%. You're out. <laughs> uh-huh. And once I'm yeah. kicked out, which I haven't been kicked out, I just left the truth. I, well, they call it truth. But I left the, the call. And um, when I left it, yeah, they didn't disfellowship me. They didn't expel me or disfellowship me. Um, I just left. So that's why they should be able to talk to me because I'm not officially expelled. Right. But but being that I live my gay life, for them, Mm. they consider that as being expelled. Mm. Um, So that's why they still talk to their kids because they were never baptized. Gotcha. But I was. Uh, So what is your life? Where, Where do you live anyway? Oh, I live in Orange County. I moved in. We moved together, me and my husband. And now just have a very peaceful, loving life now. Mm. And and also my best friends that lived the, left the cult with me became my family. And these these friends that I have, I've known them for like 15, 20 years. And because of them, I think I was able to survive my brother's death or suicide. Okay. So, you, they were so you have a chosen family, basically. Yes. Yeah. And they're an amazing chosen family that I feel That's like they'll cool. always support me. That's cool. Yes. Huh. So what do you They're do? Like what do you do for a living? I am a massage therapist. I do more sports massage. I have a really good base clientele in Orange County, and and I love what I do, man. I love I I love being a, a healer. So because you're a sports therapist, I assume you're not restricted just to gay men massages. No, I, I massage. you're doing everybody. Yes, uh, yes. Okay. From trans to men, women, gay, straight, all of them are walking on, on my table. Okay, cool. Yeah. So with this conversation, I just I just want to say thank you for allowing me to express. Oh, we're, we're not done yet. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Sorry. No, we're not. We're not cutting that off oh, okay. yet. So, um, so uh-huh. your husband's first name is what? Oh, his his name is Alex de la um, what, Cruz. And and what is Alex about? Well, Alex, um, he owns his own company. Huh, what's he do? He owns um, a product for gentlemen's lubricant. Okay. And it's going off because the product that he designed and created, it's a very brilliant product. So he came up with a formula? Yeah, he came up with this whole formula and everything. Cool. My my husband, he watches all the YouTube videos, how to make stuff. <laughs> really? Like, he learned how to do that on YouTube? Yes. I th- yeah, That's he did. amazing. He did. Yeah, he's like very into like, how does that chair made? Like, I want to know how does that chair, you know, how how was it, uh, how it came together? Well, so that's he, funny because... Uh, 
I'm like that as well. Oh yeah. But uh, uh, so I haven't met him, but I'd like to meet him because yes. even when I go to a new restaurant, uh-huh. I'm looking up at the ceiling and the walls and saying how they constructed it and how they, pu- how they put it together. Why did they design it this way? Blah blah blah. That's exactly yeah. him. He yeah. always is trying to figure out stuff, and he's a good problem solver too. Is he very good uh, problem solver? Um, problem solver. And no, he's an amazing guy, man. I am feel so lucky that I met a beautiful man like him. He's just, he's gorgeous. He's beautiful, beautiful heart. And he treats everyone with respect. And and he's been there through the whole situation with my family. And he's been there. And how long have you been together? We've been together for four years and we got married a few months ago. Oh, so wait. So why didn't you invite me to the wedding? Because <laughs> I just met you. Oh, details. <laughs> if not, I, if not, okay. I would, I, for sure, you would be on my on my VIP list. Okay. But what I'm trying to say, um, having a supportive husband like him also healed me mm. from the history I had with the cult and my brother's suicide. When you have someone that loves you for who you are, exactly who you are, it heals you. It, it's he heals me. He healed me so many. In so many wow. ways, wow. mentally, spiritually, emotionally, he was there. So for that, I'm I'm just happy. So I'm sitting here looking at you. You uh-huh. have shorts on and no shirt. You no. were in the pool earlier. Uh-huh. Um, so you have a tattoo across your chest, which I oh I found that curious, and I can't read it because it's not in English. But what 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 is it? Oh, it's a, it's in Spanish, and it says. Solo el que carga el, solo el que carga el moral sabe lo que lleva dentro. And what does Meaning, that mean? only the one that carries a knapsack yep. um, knows what's in it. Wow. And I got this tattooed on my chest because every time I would criticize someone or judge someone or be mean to someone, um, my dad would always tell me these words. He would. Yes. And it would calm me down and be like, yeah, you're right. You don't know what other people are going through. So, so it's another way of saying away, walking, you walk in somebody else's yes, shoes, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So when he passed away um, in 2018, um, I put this as a reminder of him and to remind myself not to judge anybody else. And then I have another tattoo um, for my mom and says, I'll see you in another world. And my mom di- died from pancreatic cancer. Wow. Um, she struggled it for, for two years. And she passed away in 2012. And she could barely say these words. Like she she was already dying. And she was able to tell me, I will see you in another role. And then she passed away uh, two minutes later. Wow. And there she is on your arm. Yes, 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 yes. And I had, even though I grew up in a, in a cult, I did have two very loving parents. Both of them. Um, sorry. It's fine. Well, you were telling me earlier about your dad because he, he is the the macho guy. He was. He was very confrontational, very macho, very um, but also very funny. He would always make you laugh, but the way he would make you laugh, he could also make you mad. Uh-oh. Yeah, he had a very strong personality, but he was a loving father, man. He gave me hugs and kisses, and I'm so happy that both my parents were very touchy and loving because right. that gave me confidence of who I am now. Because right. I know what real real love is through my parents. That's cool. Okay. Now you can say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Sorry no, we made course. you cry. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. But that's part of life. And that's part of me healing too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Remembering yeah. how good my parents are. And 
also talking about my brother's suicide. Um, it's it's stuff that we should talk about. We right. should have an open conversation and learn from it. Right. Well, you've only been here a day, but I feel like you're a good friend already. Oh, thank you, man. No, so, so are you, man. Your your energy is beautiful, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that we're, we're friends now. <laughs> thank you for coming in, and thank you for doing this. No, of course. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.